Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to a special weekend holiday edition of the Tower Casuals podcast. I am your host, Josh. And if I'm hosting, that means that we're either doing something really special or Corey has to take the night off. We're doing something special. I've got Sammy here with us, and we're going to be talking about the brand new Ghosts of the Deep Dungeon that came out on Friday. Uh, Sammy, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate uh, it. Is that, yeah. It, I mean, uh, it was a, such a good run, and then you asked me to come on here, and I thought, I can't help but give my opinion on something that's uh, as interesting as this dungeon gets. <laughs> this is uh, this is a special episode in more than a few ways. Uh, Sammy is the first time that we've had somebody that's not in North America on the show. That is, uh, that is true. We are we are coordinating about seven hours apart. Um, <laughs> so I was uh, paranoid that I was not reading the time conversion correctly uh, with daylight savings time taken into consideration. So uh, I'm glad that this worked out. Uh, Sammy also is uh, one of the only people I know who has actually soloed a dungeon before. Uh, we just had a question about this on last week's show. Uh, I believe you did Spire of the Watcher, right? I did, yeah. Spire, it was... It was hard, but um, the the feeling it, the feeling I felt when I, it was done, it was amazing. It was, now, was, it, was this a solo or a solo flawless? Uh, it was a solo. Okay, uh, okay. Spire, oof, solo flawless. That would have that would have that would have knocked me out. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was hard, but it was all right. Um, I always, you know, I I'm not usually into the whole like getting together with a fire team like all the time so mm. i mostly try and do things by myself so sometimes i always wanted to solo one dungeon at least so wa- walk me through i know i know we're gonna talk ghosts of the deep and that's what we want to spend the bulk of our time on but i'm just i'm so fascinated by the people who solo end game activities because that's just like that's too much for me to handle um uh, if i feel like i need to take uh, a xanax while i'm playing a video game it's probably too much for me <laughs> Uh, and I, I joked that I, I had to during Tears of the Kingdom uh, when, I, when I was playing that and found the deaths for the first time. Uh, but the thought of soloing a dungeon or doing like two or three man raid just is too much for me. Walk me through what what is that like? How many attempts did it take you? Uh, how long did it take you to find the optimal class? To do? Cause I, and you said you did uh, Void Hunter, right? Um, Void Hunter for most of it. And then the okay. last last encounter was Solo Hunter um oh okay that's spicy it took it took a lot of attempts because i remember it was a couple of weeks after spire dropped that um that i jumped in with warlock originally because i'm i i play all three classes but i'm mostly a warlock main right um so i jumped in with warlock and i got to i got past the first section got up the spire um that was not too hard because the first section is just, you know, it's just connecting the connecting the wires. It's there's a lot of places to hide. It's mostly what I found with so, with the soloing the dungeon is you gotta you gotta play for life a lot. It's not mm. a matter of doing it quickly. It's a matter of staying alive. Right. Um, and when you get to the top where you fight the first boss, the the um, it, I'm blanking on the name, but it's the the harpy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when I realized that Warlock wouldn't work because yeah, you get a well, but it is, it, it, it's not, the movement isn't there. So I switched yeah. to Hunter, uh, with Void, um, to get through it. And, um, 
it became on that encounter mostly using Gear Falcons, <laughs> Gear Falcons Halberk, and a weapon with repulsive race to mm. constantly be swapping void debuffs and getting overshield and invisibility. And then yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the the invis had to have helped there. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it it definitely did because there's just so many ads in even like the harpy is all right with ads but when you get down to the to the part before the final boss there's just so many ads there that it just it helps oh, yeah. a lot more to use that um and then when it came to final boss it took me it was surprisingly quick i think it was one or two attempts i think it was the run where i finally beat the harpy must have been like the run where i um figured it out that void wasn't going to work because i got to the bottom tried the boss didn't even last until the first damage phase and i thought oh, something's got to change uh and so i switched to solar hunter with uh mini tool and incandescent and everything that just kept you alive with healing grenades um, okay. and then it was just a matter of avoiding or destroying ads and then the only thing I would do for damage on that boss is get round, do all the the sequence. Then when the when the wyvern comes through, uh, blade barrage with star eaters, and then that was it. It was blade barrage with star eaters, maybe a couple rockets, and then hide. And then right. it was just a rinse and repeat. Um, so I think a solo, a solo dungeon is very much, it's 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 a different animal to the other activities that you can do in Destiny. Or, sure. or, you know, like a two or three man raid because it's so much about the, you know, with Destiny PvE specifically, it's a lot of, you know, big explosions and all these different debuffs. You all, you know, you're having fun, you're putting things together. Uh, you got this power fantasy, but when you're doing the solo activity, something like a dungeon, it's all about surviving. And then once you've beat the dungeon, it it is the best feeling in the world. I think I was... I was shaking in my chair when I finally defeated the the boss. Oh, I, I can't even imagine. So that was probably the last thing you needed for the title too, right? Uh, I've still got to do Master. I haven't done Master uh, Spy that, yet. That's right. We, we talked about this the other day. Um, I, I do like that for Master. I don't know if, it, if this is like intended or not. You could just like get a boss checkpoint and go in and do it. Yes, I've heard about that, yeah. Because uh, I, I have the credit for it, and let me tell you, I have not done the whole thing on Master. I have just done the boss. That's it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, oh my god, I can't, even, I can't even imagine doing that, so I have a headache thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, well, we're yeah, going to circle back to uh, some solo attempts uh, here in a minute after we break down Ghost, because you've attempted Ghost solo also. I have, yeah. Today, um, you know, I was, I, I had this idea, because when we were doing it, I won't get too much into it because we'll talk mm -hmm. about the encounters, but when we were doing it, the first encounter, I thought, this looks like something that if you had the right build, you could get through pretty easily by yourself. Oh, yeah. Um, so I went in with, um, just just for survivability, I went in with, or I hit my mic, um, a Solar Titan with the Lawly Splendor Helm. Um and it it was it was surprisingly easy. And then you go down the line, and then you realize just how hard this dungeon is, especially when you're solo. Yeah, 
Um, so let's just go, let's go ahead and just jump right on into it. Uh, Ghost of the Deep takes place on Titan, of course, returning destination for, uh, this season's storyline. I think we all kind of had the implication or the idea that Zivu Wrath was going to be a big part of this dungeon after we heard her speaking in the first, uh, story mission that you do. And you're mm-hmm. just like, oh shit, this is the first time we've heard Zivu Wrath. She's actually yelling at us. Like, it's not, the lore was not lying when it puts her in all caps every time she's talking. This is, like, actually kind of terrifying. Yeah. Uh, to the point where I had friends asking, you know, do you think that Zivu Wrath is going to be the boss of the dungeon? I'm like, no, there's no way. If they this dungeon her, had been later in the season, possibly. Mm. Um, it was such, it was so jarring, too, when that happened. Yeah. It was just so much of a, because you're in the first mission and then suddenly this just booming voice comes out of nowhere. And I didn't notice at first who it was because I was too busy, mm-hmm. you know, staying alive. And then it later on, I read it, read it was Zebra Wrath. And I thought, well, damn, this has gone from a season where I'm interested because it's kind of like oceany themed and I like that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. But now it's got Zebra Wrath, who I've been looking forward to since, I think, season of the hunt when she was first mentioned. I think uh, yeah, that was that was the first time she really like took center stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like in the background because of course she's the one who uh, kills Sagira. Yes, uh, yeah. Her her high celibate does, and I I agree. I've definitely been looking forward to it. That was one of the big questions that Corey and I had going into Lightfall and into the seasons that would follow. Is how are you going to handle Zivu Wrath? Like that had to have been part of the reason why you split Lightfall and Final Shape into two separate expansions. Is you have to tell this story. And I think that the dungeon actually does a pretty good job at almost making you not feel sorry for her, but realizing that her and Savathun are just wildly different, not just in their like philosophies on the hive, but in terms of their emotion, like the story that is told throughout the dungeon, as you, you find these fragments, I don't know if they're fragments or if they're ghosts that were, we were calling them dead ghosts. I think that they, they kind of look like the dead ghosts you find mm-hmm. on the moon, but I think they're like little crystal things. Um, yeah, I, I think so too. We, we know the hive store memories and crystals, um, just like they used to use the corrupted light uh, in the mm-hmm. Sabbathoon song strike. I think that, you know, when you're finding this story out and it's really the story of Zivor Wrath discovering that Oryx is dead and mm-hmm. just, you can, you hear the anguish and the sorrow in her voice. Like she openly admits we found we we missed one fragment of 12 on our way through um but when you listen to the last fragment you realize like she basically she's telling her brother that she loves her she's telling oryx like i love you i love you and you read some of the lore and you're like wow like they're kind of fucked up because like the hive when they were the krill they were set to be uplifted by the traveler that was of course one of the biggest revelations of the witch queen campaign yeah this is kind of the next step in that saga of Zivorath also knows that they were played. She knows they were played by the witness. And, but as we all know from, from the lore of past seasons, she's also scared shitless. She's not going to go against the witness. She's afraid to, but like, and this is, this is partially her coming to terms with not just Oryx's death, but like kind of her role in everything because the three of them killed each other continuously as gods for, you know, thousands of years they were killing each other and like Hmm. this is almost this is her almost grasping that the sword logic is just bullshit it's all bullshit that the only reason they're trapped in this perpetual cycle of tithing and tribute and killing 
is to fuel is to fuel the darkness. There, like, there is no actual reason for them. And if they hadn't, if they had just listened and turned back and not gone down into the depths to the worm gods, if they had just listened to the Leviathans and gone back, they wouldn't have ever been in this situation. The, she's not. Is she connected to the? Does she follow the witness? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah Zivorath is 100 percent, one hundred percent. She's basically the battle master because yeah. in uh, in Seraph, the whole reason we're having to stop the Wrathborn is uh, Zivorath is trying to get us into this cycle of war, not just for tribute for her, but because as we do that, it'll allow her to bring a battle moon through, like she did to the Cabal homeworld. Yeah, um, um, that's what she's trying. That's what she was trying to do in Seraph. We stopped it by, well, we didn't stop it, but Rasputin stopped it by destroying himself. Yeah, and killing the Warsats in the process, right? Yeah. Right, right, because, um, you know, you, you can see the reflection of the witness on the screen. Aramis says, like, Aramis is also paranoid, thinking that he's right behind her, and he's not. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's very much, like, listening to the, listening to the audio we got, um, it seems like you're you're right. Like she almost doubts the sword logic, um, mm-hmm. that was that has been uh, that has been drilled into her her whole life ever since she became uh, the zebra wrath. Um, but I think this this does leave open maybe a thing where she perhaps maybe after whatever we do in this these upcoming seasons, perhaps she betrays the witness. In a way, um, yeah. So I'm a I'm a little curious on this one because I don't know that she necessarily betrays the witness. Um, I think that Zivurath may be a way to keep the hive into whatever comes next. Um, because otherwise, yeah, I mean, yeah. like the hive have been so so central to the light and dark saga that I think it would be a way to keep the hive and the taken as a part of whatever comes next, like a hypothetical destiny three. But at the same time, it almost feels like we're going to get into a uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend situation. Um, I'm expecting Savathun to come back in a pretty big way. Uh, the Lucian Hive being such a huge part of this dungeon leads mm. me to think that that's going to happen at some point. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. Go ahead. The, the, now, I don't know if we'll get into the lore of the specific pieces of armor, but Savathun's body is mentioned in those mm-hmm. pieces of armor. And that also makes me think, like, yeah, there's gonna be... She's definitely coming back sooner rather than later, I think. Maybe even... Maybe even this season. Like, later in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not this year, I would say, definitely. So I think that... And I, I, I do agree with you there. I think that's one of the major points that has to be done before we get to the final shape. I joked with Corey last week that... Uh, Savathun has to be just like chilling off, so like just barely uh, out of uh, camera angles uh, when Ikora and Kate are talking. Like, yo, I'm fucking here too, man. I'm here too. She's just sitting on a rock, like it's it's her and uh, Finch's guard, Finch's hive guardian are just like chilling. Like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? I can't believe the light blade is chilling there. Like, what are we supposed to do, man? Our ghosts yeah, the... will bring us back. What are we supposed <laughs> to do? Also, like, can we reflect that we're talking a little bit about the armor, the armor lore? Ikora is like collecting a miniature army of hive carcasses in the city. That yeah. surely that can't end well. I think it all started with the crown of sorrow, right? She she gets the crown of sorrow, which yep. is like a hive artifact, and then she's 
she started this collection of hive of dead hive gods. She's got she's got that. She's got Savathun's body. She's got they confirmed that they're taking part of Oryx's body. And it's just it's the it's just the wildest shit that you can imagine. Like they're doing like autopsies on Savathun's body. I'm like, bro, that's not gonna stop her from coming back. Her ghost is out there, and you're like, yeah, no, let's do this. Let's do this, yeah. man. He rests her right outside the city. He absolutely knows where you're gonna keep her. We've um we've we've had an, we've been looking for an excuse for ages to get rid of this tower. Oh We're my god! To get there, if, if that's how it happens, and it's just like a whole bunch of hive gods coming up in the city, I, I'm gonna be so mad. I I love what we're talking about, like the idea of resurrection. How uh, I mean, we we kind of talked about with the light blade. The light blade is like that was kind of ha ha funny. Like it was a tribute to the dark blade. Like the most one of the most infamous strikes of Destiny One, especially for the exotic swords. There are two enemies in this dungeon. The two bosses, actually. Uh, Ektar, the Sword of Oryx, uh, who mm. here is called the Shield of Savathun, who was uh, from one of the Destiny 1 quests uh, yeah, from was... uh, A Sword Reformed, where you are making your exotic sword in the Taken King. Yeah, because you fight him and kill him in that. Um, you fight him and kill so him you... in that. Yeah. It's an so awful mission. Absolutely awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the final one that you fight, uh, Sumua Unukro, is Nakru. Uh, Nakru would make more sense. Uh, serves Nakris in the uh, in the strange terrain strike, and you kill him. And now they're back as a necromancer. And it's like, oh no, like, are we going to have to, is Nocris going to be like the hive version of Tanix down the line? Like, are we going to kill yeah. Nocris for a third time? Oh god, don't even, don't even start. It's like, like Nocris has some pretty major daddy issues. Like, yeah, is he like going to come back and try to bring Oryx back? But like, I guess let's just, let's jump into the overall dungeon. Like, we're, you know, we we've already gone like full into this. Yeah. Uh, there there's only three encounters. There's three encounters yeah. and an extremely long traversal section. It's it's long. It's I I was I was expecting, this is the long, I, this is the longest dungeon by far. Yeah, I said I said to you, I think I said to you while we were in the dungeon. I said, "Are you sure there's only three encounters?" Because th that section was long i was starting to wonder myself but like i i looked at the triumphs and um right after we finished that first encounter to start tracking the uh i wanted to track the uh the ghost that we were finding yeah. and i was like yeah there's, there's only three encounters and then we're in this traversal section for like a half an hour at least partially because we're hunting these things but also because it just took it takes forever you can't move faster in the water yeah you can't even like you can't double jump or anything it's just no, god it's you, so you are bad. anchored to the bottom I uh, I, I enjoyed it though. The the first, so you immediately load in to the arcology, and you you recognize where you are because the platform that's up above you is where you end the mission in the tank from the vanilla Destiny Two campaign. Mm -hmm. Amanda Holland gives you a tank. Yeah. You blow yourself uh, a path out. That's where you leave the tank. Is right there. So it was kind of cool to come back and like have that be a full circle moment. That was one of the big critiques of destiny fans when these planets were being sunset was we didn't get to do a lot with mercury and mars or uh, yeah. mercury and titan excuse me um i'm so glad that we got to go back and get the most expansive dungeon i would say since the shattered throne like since the very first one this is probably the yeah. biggest best and longest dungeon mm. i would i would say that yeah it's much bigger than like all the other like 
in terms of like length and mm-hmm. like how how large it is, I think the only thing that I can think tops it is the amount of open space in prophecy. Um, yeah, I I would agree with that. Prophecy, uh, and I mean, like this is definitely like more linear than prophecy, but yeah. even that, like the sands area is big, sure, but I can cover that in a sparrow in like sixty seconds. I yeah. can do the sparrow race fairly quick. This is just. Man, this is another beast entirely. This really, like... The dungeons, I think, have become just as much of a showcase for Bungie's level creation as the uh, as the raids have always been. Like, I think mm-hmm. dungeons with Prophecy, we started seeing a shift towards that. Duality brought the interesting mechanic of, you know, changing between the two realities. Yeah. And Spire, like, I like Spire, but Spire kind of felt like a step down in terms of, like, the overall like design i think it had a cool no, mechanic but i think like overall it was just like oh we're climbing up a tower and then going back down it yeah um and it was the it's sort of sort of the way that it felt too i feel like it was a little bit more on par with um with like shattered throne and pit of heresy than it was with yes prophecy and duality yeah guy i think that prophecy and duality kind of like raised the game for what we expect in a dungeon i mean gra- I mean, even grasp of avarice like it oh feels man like- it feels like this, this this kind of like raised the bar and I felt like Spire, like as much as I like Spire, it didn't like quite hit that high, but yeah. you, you load in and you act, you said it first, uh, nerd and I like definitely saw it too. It feels very halo one when you load in yeah. with the, the, the forest and like the fake structures and everything. It feels like that or like a forested area you would find in even an in infinite. Uh, yeah, cause, um... it, it was very similar. It reminded me of the, the first. There's the, there's that mission, not the first one, but one of the missions in Halo One, where you arrive on the beach with the warthog, and then you're you're going into the Covenant structure through the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was very much like that, um, and you can you can tell. Like I'm sure that I know that some people still work on Destiny who you know have been working since Halo, or at least these people who worked on it now have inspiration from that i'm sure that's what uh inspired sort of the feel of this first area 100 i mean in fact the, the director of marathon uh, i don't remember if i mentioned this uh he got his start working on halo 2 specifically on uh outskirts of metropolis in the campaign yeah so uh yeah there, there's definitely still some people of the the old halo guard still at bungie and uh, th- this very much like this was almost like this opening area is like a tribute to the past and then everything that comes after is like but let's show you what we're going to do in the future with this game. Yeah, let, let's show you the scope of what we are planning. Because it, it starts small. You're in a small little wooded area. It's like, mm-hmm. there's not much open space. And then you when you get down there, sure, you're in, like, you know, tubes. But you can just see the, the scope of uh, the rest of the... Well, we found all these sealed doors, and yeah. we're like, "Oh my god, are we are we going to use this as like a hub area to come back to?" Because I mean, there were symbols and everything else. Like, are we going to use that to come back? And then, nope, nope. Yeah. You're going all the way down to the bottom. Uh, it it is just you, so you do that. You did an opening encounter. Nothing, nothing, nothing too too difficult about it. It's pretty vanilla, pretty standard Destiny stuff. As far as you go, and we're like, "Wow, that was." That was easy for a real encounter. Like we already got a chest out of that. Like you, you can summon a tank during it. We came to find out. You found a yeah. couple of the panels. I think you found three of them when we were doing. Yeah, it, it was three, and <laughs> I found out later that you needed four. Um, so it was one that we were missing. Otherwise, we would have got that tank on the on our first run. Um, do we? 
I don't know if the tank has ever been figured out as to what it, it's used for. It's just sort of a spawnable thing. I think it's just there. Um, mm. It might be. I don't think it's used for the uh, catalyst, but I don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Um, mm. Speaking of the catalyst, many... they did something really cool with this in the opening area where you start the catalyst thing. If you help somebody get the catalyst, it increases your chances of getting the exotic. Oh, that's that's I've I didn't know that. That is I didn't either. It, it's it's kind of a hidden thing, but people were starting to figure it out that like everyone gets an increased chance, not just on that run, but like it's like permanently added onto your account. I think, and mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's like for every person you help or just like the first person you help get it. But I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah. Yeah, because it definitely helps. I hope they do that sort of thing in other activities. They bring that into it because instead of catalysts, you know, I could see something where, oh, you've someone in your fire team got dropped the exotic. You get a slight boost to you getting it next time. Right. Um, that would be that would be much better, I think. But uh, yeah, this we we did see a lot of things in this first area that we thought like might have been something for the catalyst because we saw like the panels we saw the sort of bunker underneath which we soon found was one of the memories but and then we saw the little hive statues that were just sort of tucked away um in a corner and i think yeah i thought this encounter was um i was surprised there was a chest i i thought this was just going to be like an opening thing like the um the grasp of avarice opening when you're in the loot mm -hmm. cave you don't get a chest for that but I, uh, I, f I found it fascinating that we go past this and you, you have a little bit of a jumping puzzle area and then you're in the water and this is unlike the water. We, granted, we haven't seen much water sections in the seasonal uh, campaign, but I had this sense of dread that I and urgency that I did not have in the seasonal activity because now when you hit the bubbles, they take a while to respawn. Yeah. So you very think... much need to go one at a time. Yeah, I think... Um... You can, I, I think other people can grab the bubbles. Then they're, they're not instanced for just you. I mm -hmm. think I think they're instanced. They're just randomly placed. So it's 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 sometimes an attrition of who can get to the bubble first. And if you're without a bubble, you're gonna need to just get someone to res you. Yeah, we we died a lot going through this section. But oh, this yeah. section is yeah. it. I think it's slightly too long. Mm. Um, by like maybe about five minutes. I think it's too long. Once you get down to the floor of the ocean and you get into, we were debating if this was a tomb ship or if it was a chunk of the dreadnought. It's a chunk of the dreadnought, just yeah. straight up. Um, that I thought that was very cool. Um, getting in there because it's like, oh, just like old times, man. Just like old times. <laughs> that was uh, a room that um looked like the uh the oryx uh, pushy wall. Um, and I think I pointed that out. Where we yes. were in there. Yeah, and I was like, is this the Oryx wall? Did this was this the part oh that God. just fell into the That that would have I, I would have been absolutely terrified. I, I was just that that's the one thing I did not want to see once I realized we were in the dreadnought. I was like, oh God, please, please not the wall of dicks. Please not the wall of dicks. <laughs> um But you, you get all the way through and you get to the you get to the next section where you have to jump down into the water and you go down into it. And I think all three of us screamed simultaneously when we realized there was a knight in the water chasing us. Yeah. Yeah, there's just this hive guardian that, you throwing, know, see the throwing fucking shields at us. Yeah, and he had two of them, and it was like, what's going on? Like he, he's throwing two of them. I wanna I wanna break down the this second account. This is really one of only two things we can actually break down in this in this uh, dungeon, I think. Yeah. The insane amount of health that this boss has. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 it, million. 
That's more. Is that more than? That's more than Nezarek, right? Nezarek has twelve. Yeah, it's like almost twice as much as Nezarek. Twice you're thinking, as much, half the fire team. Yeah, you're thinking, how the hell are we supposed to do this quick? And also, the amount of ads in that room as well was incredible. Um, this was this was rough. We wiped once in this room. We took it so slow, though. It eventually got to a point where we were sending one person into the water to hunt symbols and like, hey, pick up as many as you can. But like, try to get like one at a time, if if at all possible. Because as you, the symbols down there, so you have to use the deep sight. I love that the deep sight mechanic came back. Yeah, yeah, you, it was, you, it was, it was good. You use the deep sight mechanic and it causes these symbols to, it tells you what three symbols you need to go get. Well, for each symbol you pick up, a hive wizard comes in, but it's a light bearer. So you have to kill it and crush the ghost. There is, the ads don't stop, guys. When I tell you they don't stop, it's the second you clear a wave, they're already back. They're yeah, already that's... back. I think... We were standing, each of us was standing on a staircase at one point, I believe. And I would barely get through a clip of my, I would get through a full clip of Icolos SMG. And I have, re I have reload speed, I have reload perks, mm -hmm. everything on. And I barely would get the gun reloaded before the next wave was upon me. Yeah, I, th I think I think it's what like four acolytes and a knight spawns every time. Every time you kill four acolytes and a knight, and there's like three sections. With well, that's, that's not even counting the onslaught of thrall that are coming either. Oh yeah, whenever the yeah whenever um oh whenever you spawn in the captains because you use this yeah. Oh, it's, um, it's, it's so bad. You, you, but you get through this, you eventually get all three in. Thank God the knight is not up there while you're trying to handle this. He's up there initially until you drop the knights and then he gets out of there and spawns an ogre. You kill the ogre, see your symbols. Once you've gathered the symbols and killed the wizards, a big knight appears yeah. uh, down in a relatively safe area uh, to oh. where nothing can spawn in behind you. And I say relatively because it's not actually safe. Um, you kill the, you kill the knight and it gives you the Wrathborn buff to drop the Big Knight's shield. This motherfucker. Oh my god. The shield, first of all, is... That's Ridiculous. a lot of health. That is a lot of health for a shield. Because I remember we we instantly got into the Wrathborn thing. And I remember, mm -hmm. I think I instantly put down a well and then we all started doing damage. And we realized it was a good like five seconds before we even reached his health bar. I, I will I will say grenades are king for taking down that shield hmm. because it's doing the continuous damage. I I would I was chucking uh, a fusion nade onto it a or excuse me a vortex grenade not a fusion nade a vortex nade onto it and that seemed to do a lot of work right there. That and uh, I just started eventually shooting off a rocket at him. Yeah, um, I talked with Dealer and he said that uh, his group was using supers to break the shield. Yeah, I think. I've heard that Arbalist breaks it instantly. Arb yeah, Arbalist yeah. is bugged on both this and on the uh, the final boss. You can break the shield in one shot. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's actually pretty fascinating. Um, I will be using Arbalist. Uh, I'm going to do a couple runs after this uh, recording. I'll be using Arbalist just to see. Like, But we've had multiple groups uh, in the Discord go in and confirm, yeah, no, one shot. One shot yeah. on the shields. Just incredible. The yeah. Incredible shit here. Um, uh, this guy though, uh, to be fair, I think we probably would have had him in three phases if he doesn't hide behind a pillar during yeah. one of them. And yeah. if, uh, we knew what we were doing in the first, we kind of stumbled into it on the first, uh, our first phase. 
Yeah, we weren't cause... sure what activated it yet. We were just like, oh, big night. We killed the night. We're like, hey, there's a green puddle over here, and I'm on the other end of the arena. Like, okay, let me let me haul over here and get here. And oh, by the time I get here, damage is almost over. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my, yeah, my oh instincts. My, God. my instincts from season of the hunt, man. Because I used to play. I, I I played that. I remember I mentioned in our run that I played that season too much. Oh, let's my say, God. and yeah, and. As soon as I saw that green puddle, I knew exactly what we were doing, but I just yelled down the mic, I think, to you guys, and you, we all just sprinted back over there, and we barely got some damage in, but we did it. Um, it took us, what, was it five or six runs around, or like... It was four, it was four or five. Four. It was four, four or five, five. yeah. yeah. Um, I have to ask now, we said we were going to come back to solo attempts. What was this encounter like solo? Oh, oh, <laughs> I was about to get to that, yeah. So, so the best thing I could say about the solo version of this, obviously I never completed it. The best thing I could say is that you can take your time. Um, my, my best strategy was Titan um, with Lawly Splendor. And as soon as those three knights come up, at the start, you just use your hammer, destroy them, and then kill the ogre, and then you go down into the water, and you only get one of the runes. Then you come up, you kill the the wizard. Um, uh, I remember, I, I think I called them captains earlier, but there the was mm. you kill the wizard, um, kill its ghost, and then dunk the symbol. Uh, well, dunk your buff, um, and then when the damage starts, that was when I kept dying. That was when I gave up on the solo for now. Was the it was just the fact that the 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 guy spawns in the center of that room, and the knight that gives you the wrathborn pool also spawns next to him. So most yeah. likely you're gonna kill that knight, and he's gonna be standing in the green pool with you. And when it's just you and you got that many adds, it is almost like it is next to impossible to get that shield down into even the shield down in time to do any damage before you're you're killed so i've heard uh bear with me here that lament uh does just silly damage to uh to the boss in this room mm -hmm. that uh standing in a well with lament uh i want to say it was dealer was saying that they had three laments and they nearly one phased him mm. They uh they oh, did right. they did two phase but it was uh it was him and uh him and uh, I want to say Rex they were doing it as a duo and it took them yep. two phases two phases with laments mm -hmm. as a duo oh, on that God. night so uh, I will be I will be bringing lament in on my next run yeah. to see uh to see just how well it works because man rockets were so hard to use there danger close because I had to keep jumping out of the well and then back into the well so I didn't kill myself yeah. Um, rockets. I would. Ass I assumed rockets were going to be the play because they, you know, they're they're in right now. They're they're, they're yeah, in the yeah. meta. But rockets for this dungeon. I mean, probably we'll get to the boss uh, in a bit, but not great. Uh, because either you're too close to the boss, or the boss is too far away and it keeps moving. Yeah. Uh, it was. You know, it, it's an experience that. That second encounter, I want to say, was more brutal in terms of, like, trying to do DPS than any encounter in Root of Nightmares, um, yeah. as far as a DPS check. That it, was wild. I'm just glad there was no enrage mechanic here. Oh, yeah. It, it felt like... It felt a bit like 
they just scale down slightly in terms of size a raid boss, like a small raid boss. 100%. 100%. And I think, even though it's hard, I like that for dungeons. That they've, that, you know, we've always had, they've always been that thing of like dungeons are like mini raids. Uh, That's what you, you know, you would say to people. Yeah, with, with one more encounter and like a slight tweak to the difficulty of the first encounter, I genuinely think you could have made this into a raid. Yeah. You, you definitely could. This and Root of Nightmares could have swapped places, frankly. Yeah, yeah, I think part of me wants to say that maybe it was originally envisioned as a raid, but mm-hmm. I think they changed it, you know, when they when they had to split, you know, Lightfall up, if they had some vision of what this was going to be back then. It was probably going to be the raid, but then yeah. splitting it up, they needed to make one with Nezarek. So, um, I, I got, I got, we got to get to this final encounter. We, oh, yeah. we got we got to move on to the final encounter. Nerd got down there before either of us, and we just hear, "Oh my god, holy shit! You guys got to get down here!" And you got down there, and you pretty much had the same reaction. And then I got there. Yeah, seeing Oryx's head sticking out of the ground, and then realizing you can see his feet and his hands on the ocean floor was it's one of those jaw-dropping moments in destiny not just like for the lore implications but like they fucking did it again the set pieces man the final fight is going to take place basically on oryx's carcass yeah because you see you see oryx there and i remember i said because i was i was in you know earlier in the dungeon i was like well this is saturn's moon Mm -hmm. maybe oryx will show up i was doing that like the half joking and I remember seeing Oryx for the first time. I remember I just started laughing because mm-hmm. it was just so, it was incredible, like seeing that there. And it was such an interesting idea for what they put there. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was really cool. You can see the necromancer with a hive ghost over there. She's trying to use the, the hive ghost to res Oryx. Uh, we know that that's what we're stopping. That's what we prevent uh, in the dungeon. Mm. Yeah. Figuring this encounter out, I have seen nothing but praise overall for this encounter. Datto, I think, is the one who said it, that he he was applauding the mechanics of it because he says, I think I was challenged more mechanically in that encounter than I was in the entirety of Root of Nightmares. And I, I'm not going to agree with that because I think the planet's room really yeah, threw yeah. for a fucking loop. Especially um, if you don't know if you don't know what it was, what it is at the start. Uh, the planet, or you figure more... it out really fast like we did, and then you overthink it and do the wrong thing for four hours, um, <laughs> which is exactly what our team did. I I would say this. I think that because we were just kind of running around, I was killing like random hive guardians in the tunnels and this and that. We just couldn't figure out. Like I was picking up symbols, we couldn't figure out what to do with them, and then you kind of did it by accident. Yeah, because I I remember it, it was we were doing we, we that, had that we little circle. <laughs> Yeah, there was. I was like, because I kept looking at it as we kept going past and going to different things, and I don't think we mentioned it until then. And I was like, guys, yeah. do you guys see this ring on your screen too? And then we figured it out. It was like in the Witch Queen campaign where you use the deep sight to see the Sabathun symbol. You had to position yeah. yourself with deep sight to activate the um, thing. And then I think we wiped once more, and then. I was, uh, I, I think it was me, it was, it was, it was either me or, uh, or someone else that suggested we just do it. We try and move her by doing that at each of the different, uh-huh. uh, like parts of Oryx's body. And then 
that was how we got the symbols up. I think that was that's a really interesting mechanic because I I remember seeing that was fascinating. Those yeah, in the Witch Queen campaign, that was used like twice, and it wasn't even used in like any interesting way. So well, and then on top of that, they were dropping uh, the the deep sight activation was shifting with that. Oh yeah, so that wasn't yeah, always in yeah. the same. But we eventually got to where we were leaving. Um, one or two people clearing and the other was going in or like one person to clear and two to go in and grab the symbol, like to go in and back up whoever was going to grab symbol and eventually decided, well, that's not working. So we all three grab, we finally got to a point where all three of us were able to grab them together, um, grab all three symbols and come out and dunk. But it is, it, it's a little tedious, but once you do it, and I, I think once we have like optimal DPS, it won't be nearly as bad. Yeah. Like, this was so. I thought this was such a cool encounter. We 100% don't survive without a well, though. I want that oh, yeah. super clear. You need to have a well or mm. be able to dip in and out of a, a bubble or something. You you gotta have the, maybe yeah. a void barricade will help full, with giving you the overshield. Full arc resist on your on your stuff. You just don't oh my god. The the, the double, I'm so glad yeah. you were like, hey, I'm gonna take a second to put on double arc resist. And uh, we actually did it for that second encounter. And I'm glad yeah. that we did I uh, I eventually put on Void. I ran Arc in the beginning, and mm -hmm. I, I was happy for the the speed. But that second encounter, I really just needed the in, I needed the invis to be able to get. To, I was dunking the far one usually, so I had that. I needed the invis to just run past everyone, dunk, and then get out. Yeah. Um, but I could also like run around and do the finishers on everybody because every time I did a finisher, I went back invisible. Um, yeah. That helped a lot here too. Yeah, it was. It, it definitely helped. I think. I think it's gonna. I mean, I, I haven't looked at any like you know guides or anything on like uh, Reddit or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's gonna be a while before we figure out how to get this perfect because there is so much that needs like there's so much you need to take into account. You need to take into account survivability, DPS, doing the mechanics right. It's probably gonna take a while to actually get there in terms of what we need like perfectly for this uh for for the final boss specifically another uh, little like tidbit that i liked about this encounter and i, I didn't realize this until i saw people posting about it in uh, in destiny lore on reddit uh vorlog who is the knight that is chasing you around in this encounter that you have to kill in order to get the buff is one of the old court of oryx bosses from the taken king that's right yes um yeah he's the knight yeah yeah I've, didn't even yeah. put that together. I did. I didn't either. Uh, something about him felt a little familiar, and I, I think it might have been Nerd who said it. I was like, oh, I think he was part of like maybe the Malak strike. I don't know. And then, uh, sure enough, uh, Reddit was on the case, and they were like, Ah, this this guy's a he's a boss from the from the the, the Orsinium Court. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is wild. I yeah. this is why I love so much of what destiny does I, I think that this is this is fascinating i love it um there is yeah. um there's another one that's mentioned uh the adherence of uh morak um that uh we see one of them one of the i think it's the uh what you call it uh the acolyte one that you fight i think oh yeah is uh mm -hmm. is the one but uh, I think that Morak is. Um, in fact, what I'm reading is he. Yeah, it is the it is the Hive acolyte. 
but it's the one that you kill in the PSYOPs Battleground on the EDZ. So I thought, like, I think all these callbacks to, like, previous activities you yeah. are really fascinating. Like, the storyline is Zivu Arath uh, mourning the death of her brother, but it's Sabathun's lucent brood that's trying yeah. to bring him back. I think it's 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 two it's sort of like two overlapping lines where you've got the main one which is mm-hmm. Ziva Wrath, uh the morning you know morning oryx and then you've got you know almost like the Lucent Brood has assembled a crack team of like people who've had anything to do with oryx to go down there and help with this ritual. Well, yeah, and I, I just, I think it's so fascinating because, like, obviously we know Savathun's not directing this. Um, mm-hmm. She may have had, Savathun definitely knew her brother was dead, 100%. Knew her brother was yeah. dead. Um, it could have been something that her and her ghost talked about. Like, hey, in the event that I die, before you res me, go try and res my brother. Try and bring him mm-hmm. back. And, like, I've long been against this plot line because the Pit of Heresy also attempts to do this, also attempts to resurrect uh, Oryx in a ritual. Yeah. Um, I find it fascinating that we've now gotten two dungeons trying to do this. Like, third time's got to be the charm when they try it. Uh, but just the idea that if Oryx comes back, he is not going to know who he is, you know, like everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. Sabathun had this grand plan before she died, died with her wizards just off camera, essentially, and them and Imaru told her who she was, showed her, uh, you know, some of her past, this and that, and then tricks us into activating the grand plan. I I hope that they don't go down this route of, hey, everybody's coming back, yeah, we can, we're bringing Cade back, let's bring back Oryx, too, like, let's, let's let well, the past stay dead. We've killed Tanix like, four times. Come on, yeah. man. I think... Now, this is a really crazy thing to say, but uh, you you mentioned that I didn't re- I didn't didn't put that together that Oryx when he gets rezzed, if he were to get rezzed by a ghost, mm-hmm. um, he would lose his memories, and it is implied in well, it's it's ex- almost explicitly said in the armor pieces from the dungeon that they got his remains and they're shifting them back to the tower, or part of his remains. Yeah. What if, uh, that that leads something open to, you know, no one's going to be there around Oryx if a ghost comes and reses him, so um, he might be on our side, <laughs> dude. If if him and Sabathun just pop up out of the city, I'm sorry, guys, I'm out. I'm yeah, out. this is where yeah, I draw yeah, yeah. the line. I'm good. These are two yeah. raid level bosses. I'm gone. You yeah, guys have like, fun with this. <laughs> go send like twelve guardians out to do it. I'm I'm out. Yeah, our, our Guardian's just like, nah, I did it the first time. It's not my yeah. fault Ikora brought the bodies back I'm, to the tower. I'm going to Enceladus so I can find out what Cave was talking about. I'm out. Oh my god. Uh, talk about, like, top five unsolved mysteries. I really hope that they circle back to that now. <laughs> I need them yeah. to circle back in some really silly way. Mm. But I, I think that this is really just... I think this is great. This is this has great lore implications. The armor lore is pretty good. We're going to break it down in some future episodes of Tower Casuals. Uh, that and some of the weapon lore. Uh, but Ziva Wrath also almost... Ch- she It's like she knows that we're going to find these memories. And she's like chastising and like cursing us for not taking or- uh, Oryx's power. Yeah. Because since we killed him and we dealt the final blow canonically, our guardian does, we are entitled to take the power of his throne world and we don't. We reject that power. And if we had taken it, we are a being on par in terms of raw paracausal power with probably Rolk. 
in terms mm-hmm. of how powerful it would make us, we're certainly on the level of Marasov at that point. And, but we chose not to. And I think that's an important distinction that isn't really made in the campaigns. And you have to kind of infer it through lore tidbits and, you know, people breaking it down. Like, what do, what do these definitions mean? Thank you, Bife. <laughs> Thank you, Bife. Thank you, Mylon. Uh, we appreciate your service. Uh, I, I think that that's uh, low-key a trait that we don't talk about enough with our Guardian is how, like, we, are, we don't want power. We're just... Just give us a gun, essentially. Yeah, like squish, <laughs> squish our boss into a gun and yeah, then give it to can us. Can I put? Win. Can I put this motherfucker into a gun? Like, yeah. we typically have part That's of Lords of Spirit in the touch of malice. Like, uh, we're just kind of chilling here. Um, as I, I think that's really cool. But while we're talking, while we're talking weapons, let's uh, let's get into let's get into some of yes. the drops. Yeah. This, I think, across the board has to be the best dungeon armor set, bar none, for all three oh, classes. Yeah. I remember I was freaking out when I first saw it because that those sets are some of the best. Lo- I I would say that they're my favorite looking armor sets um, from any dungeon. Um, I think the only dungeon set that I would put on par with that is I really love the thorn set from Grasp of Avarice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean the hunter ones. The hunter ones good. Uh, this is such the- a wild turnabout from cowboy hats, though. Yeah, yeah, we're in like uh, Tex Tex Mechanica, like leathers with like a big cowboy hat, and now we're delving into the ocean to pick up an armor set that looks like looks like you're one of Oryx's lieutenants. Yeah, Yeah. I uh, I got the chest piece, the helmet, and the arms, and uh, I've already crafted a look where I've got those three pieces. I've got my Star Eater scales on, and I've got. the cloak with the uh, void bow on it that was in Eververse last year that that's the current look i'm rocking i'm gonna be rocking that for a while Uh, Mm um season of the star eaters thank god until they get nerfed and my entire fashion just gets destroyed yeah Uh, really really liking it (laughs) i'm so glad that uh starfire (laughs) i don't have to run starfire always now so i can actually run good robes but yeah uh i got the helmet Uh just just the helmet for warlock so i built a uh I built into like a, just a there's the those really good ornaments from Season of the Haunted the like bone ones. Oh um, yeah, I didn't even think about those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I've thrown the robes and the gauntlets from that on with the there's a lucent hive shader that you could get in Season of the Risen. Mm-hmm. Um, you put that on everything, and then you just you just look like you know a member member of the lucent brood without. Uh, it's like I'm at like a discount store version of the full set. I'll have to send you, uh, I'll have to send a picture of, uh, or post a picture of what I look like in Discord, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm rocking, because uh, the, the armor is very two-toned, so I'm rocking uh, like blue and uh, like a tarnished gold look almost. Yeah. Have you? Uh, looks really cool. Have you, have you seen what some of like the color changing shaders do to this armor? This I have, it's, armor? it's fucking wild. Uh, I saw photo finish applied, I saw the... Mm. Uh, the one that looks like the uh, the electrical storm. I saw that applied. I just think it looks really goofy on a hunter. You look like a fucking Smurf. So yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Like it took me a while to figure out how to shade that helmet because some of the things just make the oh helmet glow. It's and... so bad. It's so but, uh... hard to figure it out. So I had to go with the blue and the gold ultimately. Because I was able to yeah. get it to where it was like blue eyes and like a gold like faceplate. Mm-hmm. Because the blue is always, it's the undertone. So like for us, we have like a shroud of fabric across the chest piece and that's going to be your second color your primary color is the plate and then 
it's like a midriff cover though so like it's like you're wearing like a sports bra almost and you've got like your entire stomach exposed so that's blue everything else is fucking gold i finally nailed a look that that was good uh my girlfriend was teasing me because i was sitting there playing with shaders for like 30 minutes trying to get this to work because i found a shader that i liked and it didn't apply it made my star eaters look like I, I don't know like like summer squash that's the shade of yellow that it gave me where everything else is like tarnished gold I'm like god damn it so i'm sitting there going through every single shader individually trying yeah. to find i finally found one that gave it the almost the exact same shade it looks great i love it these weapons are kind of nutty though oh yeah they're incredible so um, we both got the smg out of the first encounter on our run that's the only weapon that i've gotten so far was yeah. the smg um i got uh the new perk discord on mine along with um oh my god i'm already i'm already forgetting what the other one i got was uh you got incandescent on yours i believe yeah it was uh demolitionist incandescent which how does that how does that feel well i've been using it i've been using it pretty much all of uh today when i had the chance it's it feels great um you know it's that 750 it's immortal yeah, basically, it's it's that, it's that immortal class, um, but it's in the energy slot. You know, you can use it with like with a horde, and you yeah. can just take it into any any PVE activity, um, and it will shred. And I, I I haven't tried it in PvP yet, but I'd assume it'll do pretty much the same in PvP. And the incandescent perk just makes it makes it way way better because the mini tool has that very specific. Um, that very specific fire rate and the very specific damage that it does, but mm. with an aggressive frame, you're killing stuff faster. So it ends up with you're making more of these solar explosions. And if you've got a build built around Scorch, it's incredible. Well, that's um, why like, I, I see a lot of people saying like, oh, I, I just don't use Ikelos anymore. It's not as good. Like, nah, man, if you have an art class, that thing with Volchot is still disgusting. That's what I was running. I uh, yeah. it, It's in the same class. Uh, the All three of these are 750s, you know, Immortal, um, I forget the name of this new one. I, I don't know the names of guns. Uh, um, I don't. I don't remember the dungeon SMG, and I've it's all classified it so in the long. API. So like, I just tried pulling it up on Dim. Can't do that. Uh, and Iclos are all in the same category. <laughs> I've seen so many posts going. Well, Callus Mini Tools go. It, it's gone. It's being. It's being taken to the farm upstate. It's done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I. I'll you be honest. I haven't thought about Callus Mini Tool probably in like six or seven months. I, uh, I got to a point where I was using Drang more than that um, when we take Incandescent into uh, consideration, but I really uh, like that. I oh, Go ahead. Do you have something for us? Uh, no, I was just going to say uh, No Survivors is the name of the SMG. No Survivors. Okay. Um, yeah, this thing can also roll with Ricochet Rounds. Um, I got that online yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, I love that. Only... If, if that's an option, it goes on. <laughs> there's only one weapon I didn't get, so... And that was the glaive. That's the glaive. Uh, that's the one that I want the yeah. most is the glaive. It's a fucking harpoon, Sammy. <laughs> yeah, it's called Greasy Luck. It's I incredible. I need it. It's so yeah. great. I need it. <laughs> yeah. And um, every weapon in this dungeon is either solar or stasis. Um, yeah, kind, which kind is, of interesting. Yeah, because you've got... Because I... I, I Today, when I was doing the the solo attempt, I got the new grenade launcher, mm -hmm. which is uh, the only primary slot waveframe in the game. 
It's a stasis waveframe, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it rolls with some interesting perks. I got mine with, I think, Demolitionist and Redirection, which I was very surprised to see on a grenade launcher. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 does well. Um, it 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 is a very interesting thing because you can just it, it it's that stasis it's that stasis waveframe that we got sort of from the heavy grenade launcher, but it's smaller. It's a smaller spread. So um, I I don't like using breach loaders. Um. Yeah. How does this feel? Uh, it f- it feels it feels pretty okay. I mean, it's okay. it's 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 more of a um, I would compare it to something a bit more like forbearance than anything else. That's uh, it's not that's as, a pretty good comparison, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's not as you know, it doesn't have the perks that forbearance has that can really you know make it mm-hmm. uh, much better. But uh, from what I've seen, the the it's it's a good option and especially now that you can run the waveframe grenade launcher with something like uh any of the energy weapons that you can like an energy you know an energy exotic like mm-hmm. i don't know why sunshot came into my head but something like that you you know you've now got that option well you can um, also run the buffs now too that give you more power on like a stasis weapon or a strand weapon yes. or whatever you can use those those specific mods and if you can tie those in with like authorized mods then mm-hmm. it's even better yeah, I think um, if if we can just talk talk for just a moment about the uh, yeah yeah there's the the origin trait that's on these weapons. Um, it is called a re- uh, uh, restoration ritual. Yeah, hit, um, hit me hit me with that definition if you've got it pulled up. So I don't have the definition, but okay. I remember what it does. Um, okay. Basically, when you get a finisher, or I believe it's revive an ally, um, uh, you store another mag. Okay. Um, so what that means is, uh, you, uh, it, so for instance, on the, um, oh yeah, here we go. So restora- restoration ritual, it reloads the weapon after reviving allies and defeating combatants with finishes. Um, and it gives you a re- emergency reload. So what that means is, say you've got the SMG and you've got like 30 rounds in the mag, it'll give you an extra 30 rounds once your mag is over. So, that works really well on something like the grenade launcher or the rocket, which I also got. That uh, it'll give you that extra shot. Because I was in the, because I remember I got the rocket from I think the second encounter, and I was in the boss, and I was like, "Why am I firing two shots? This thing doesn't have like clown cartridge on it." And then I realized <coughs> it was because of the origin trait. Well, and I, I've heard that with this, you can get up to three rockets in the chamber if you get the right perk combinations. Yeah, I think it's envious assassin on the rocket. Yes. Um, and the that's, roll with that's wild. That's absolutely yeah. wild. Yeah. <laughs> what, truth? What, what, what kind of rocket launcher is truth? I, I, it's funny that you say that. I had a friend uh, who do, he doesn't play a lot of Destiny, and uh, he had one more Forsaken Cypher that he could use, and he was like, I don't know what to use. He's like, I'm kind of eyeing truth over here, man. And I'm like, I'm really glad you said something, because let me tell you, if you wasted on truth, I'm going to be really upset with you. Because yeah. tracking is on so many rockets now, we can craft you a better rocket than truth. Truth was just mm. the only thing that had the tracking outside of bad omens um, for a long while there, and then they just basically said, fuck it, we're tired of hearing the complaints about truth, we're going to put tracking on everything. How do you like that? Yeah. Uh, I was like, there, there's so many better things to use than that. I was like, because if you like, somebody's running galley, you don't need it. You don't need to. You don't need the tracking. Like you're, you're gonna get the get the that and the wolf pack rounds anyways. So you might as well just use that. Um, 
I was a little bummed to see that there's only four weapons in this dungeon, and then but when you realize it's only three encounters, I guess that's okay. Yeah, I was, I was, I thought that like you know, because I think the other dungeons, do the other dungeons have more, or is it just because I think, um, of course, duality had those two monastery weapons. Yeah, duality has six. Um, Yeah. So and uh, spire, spire just get brought back some of the seraph um which weapons. were also world drops which made me really mad yeah um, um yeah, yeah you're you're right i guess it just with how long it is it felt particularly yeah. egregious i think um i think that is right because you know the last time we got like new new weapons in a dungeon was through duality and i felt i think that felt like more weapons because we had the two menagerie ones um, i mean we um, we got new weapons in inspire spire we got four brand new weapons I mean, you got long um, arm. You got the uh, text mechanica. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, side yeah, yeah, arm, yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, the breach loader. You, you got a couple new weapons in there. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I completely forgot about the weapons from Spire. Um, I kind of did too. I haven't run it in like four months. <laughs> uh, but yeah, <laughs> these uh, these weapons are pretty. Uh, uh, I mean, they're pretty good. Uh, oh, they're 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 great so the, far. I've heard nothing but but good things. The look of these weapons, though. You you and I, I think, briefly talked about this. This kind of brings up like this discrepancy that we've seen. Like, why does the end game stuff not look as cool as like stuff you can earn in the season? And like, part of me is happy that we have the taken weapons in season, yeah, so that everyone yeah. can go get them. Because I mean, more people are going to do dungeons than raids, but ultimately, it's still a small fraction of the player base that's playing these. So yeah. I'm glad that the cool shit is available for everyone. But at the same time, it was really underwhelming getting these weapons and being like, Ew. Oh, the, yeah, these are just like arcology themed ones this is gross this is as gross as the fucking hoodie you can go buy from bungie rewards um i have not seen it Uh, it, it's like the same pattern as the weapons it's fucking ugly oh man the the, the only problem with these (laughs) weapons is that i have not found a decent enough shader to put on these yet no they don't really shade well at all so it's so bad it's so bad that's like Oh, my we had only... such good aesthetics. We had yeah. Tex last time. We had Le- we had like Leviathan and like bone themed yeah corrupted Leviathan yeah um, prophecy. We had the old trials of the nine weapons like and uh, it was that and like the Dido set and yeah like ooh this is bad. I... This is I'm real bad. The... <laughs> this is I'm like the worst the looking dungeon weapons. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with the models. The models look fine. I like oh, the way the models the are perfectly like, fine. Yeah, no, no problem with the just models. Whatsoever. The colors—they just look. They should have. They should have just. The back of the weapon is very like white with like the arcology symbols on it. They should have just made that the whole weapon. It's um, it's, it's so rough. It's so rough. I really wish they would have just like. I mean, even made them. I I understand theming them after the arcology. I get it. Mm-hmm. I would have really liked if these were like hive themed though. Yeah. Like Lucent Hive themed, and I I have to think that they're like putting that in their back pocket and like waiting for uh, yeah, what's it called to come back? Um, mm-hmm. Crota. I yeah. have to think that they're saving that in their back pocket. But like, damn, let us have like let us have two two things that like have similar looking things. Like, get, give me four more taken. No one would have complained with four more taken weapons. I promise. Yeah, you. Just like uh, just do like I don't know. You've done the reckoning weapons. Just do like four. Uh, like gambit weapon 
reskins like bygones just reskin that as a taken weapon and then okay. throw it don't, don't do not push me uh. if bygones comes back i'm never taking it off i swear to fucking god <laughs> i'm never taking it off <laughs> bad omens just taken it's good I, I know neither one of us has it but we we got to talk about it real fast this yeah. exotic is nuts i was gonna say the uh the navigator the navigator um, the strand exotic trace this thing if you shoot your allies with it they, <laughs> you and your ally gain woven mail shoot your friends yeah and then there's uh the uh, the other perk of it is i believe it uh it uh severs, it severs yeah it severs so uh i believe that's uh god i'm so bad with the definitions on strand severing is... is when they are suspended correct uh, that is suspend. Sever is, I believe. Got you. Got you. Um, I believe sever either reduces their damage output, um, or it re it uh, makes you do slightly more damage to them. Okay. Um, okay. Either way, this thing is nutty. Uh, I saw somebody in the uh, in the Discord. I want to say it was uh, Hail Hydra. Goes uh, goes. Oh great! This combined with the. Uh, the new warlock uh, helmet exotic is going to be just us uh, standing in a well with the trace rifles. And I was like, you'll get yeah. your ass back in that well and you won't complain about it. Just <laughs> do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Between that and divinity, like, y'all better be running this shit all the time. It's like they had an entire, you know, they had an entire like, group of like people who made warlock cry out. Like, I don't want to be the div bitch anymore. It's like, Oh, how about you be the, uh, the navigator bitch now with the cool little new helmet. I, I mean, and, Hey, there's usually two warlocks to uh, most raiding parties. You guys get to each run one. Congratulations. Yeah. You don't want to be, listen, you guys get to do this or you get to run galley. Okay. So yeah. everybody's making a sacrifice here. Like, uh, I don't like, think Josh is making a sacrifice. He's over there <laughs> beating everything with a glaive in his new exotics. <laughs> warlocks, I hear you. I hear you, I hear you warlocks. Uh, we, I, I promise, next dungeon or next raid, we'll probably get something that'll let us do any DPS. Dude, they gave the warlock exotic. It's like you're, you're a fucking aircraft carrier. It's so bad. You, just, you see it from the front, and you're like, oh, that's not bad. Then yeah. you see it from the side, you're like, what the fuck? It's like, um, there's that, I don't know if you've seen uh, Dune. I it have. is the, the, the movie Dune, uh, the, the, the wormhole ships they use to travel between different um, planets. <laughs> yes. It's yeah, just that yeah. on your head. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's, uh, it reminds me of um, that, that giant... Um, long ship not not the one from the phantom menace but the one from the beginning of attack of the clones that uh padme's handmaiden flies in on and gets blown up by a bomb it's that fucking thing but on your head it's yeah not, it's not long it's wide it's just like what on earth am i looking at here it, it's, it's so bad i thought like keep, they keep getting crazier like oh i love it i fucking yeah. love it i I know this isn't dungeon talk, but it's like, I love how wacky they're getting, but I have never seen two exotics more in my life than this and the hunter gauntlets where I'm like, y'all better make an ornament next season. You, you get like, you get big ass, like, um, like, uh, like you get floaties on your, on your wrist. Dude, I was like, why am I wearing these? I look like I'm a Titan. Why am I, these don't go with anything. Yeah. 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 It's, they're going increasingly wacky with it. And I think like, I love it. 
what happened? <laughs> you know, it's it shows just how far they've come. Because like you, you look in D one, you've got like a helmet like Obsidian Mind, which is just one of the normal helmets but colored black. And now, now you're you're like you're like an like a goddamn airship attached to your head. You know? Yeah, you're gonna put you put it on in the Kenny Loggins just starts playing immediately. Yeah. Tom Tom Cruise is gonna show up to pilot your helmet. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um. Before we get out of here, I uh, I wanted to rank the dungeons. Um, if we have done this, it's been a long time. I don't think we've ever actually ranked them, though, because we haven't had enough to do it. So mm-hmm. I want to go through and rank these. We're going to start with our least favorite, get to our favorite. Um, as a reminder, the dungeons uh, that we are ranking here are actual dungeons and not things that I classified as dungeons. Um, I have joked in the past that I think that the exotic missions, such as Outbreak Perfected and Whisper of the Worm, should be considered dungeons, and that these yeah. should be raid layers. I'm mm-hmm. not getting into all that here. These are what Bungie defines as dungeons. We have the Shattered Throne, we have the Pit of Heresy, Prophecy, uh, the Grasp of Avarice, Duality, Spire of the Watcher, and of course, Ghosts of the Deep. So we have we have eight dungeons to rank here. Oh boy, we have eight. We're about to get into some. We have uh... seven or eight. I don't Some know. Opinions. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tally those up real. I'm gonna get a piece of paper here um, out see. of my desk so that I can keep track of what I'm saying. Um, if I can find a pen in my desk too, that might be the next great challenge. <laughs> yeah, um, my girlfriend took all my pens to work. Um, wonderful. Whatever. I'm pulling up a note on my computer. Um, so go ahead and start us off with what what is your least favorite dungeon? What what's the worst dungeon for you? Oh boy, for me, specifically for me, this is completely objective. Um, I think it's going to be... I want to say... I want to say Shattered Throne, specifically because of how much it does not hold up. Like, now. It is... Compared to the other dungeons, it is remarkably easy. Um, I mean, the boss can be melted in like a couple of seconds. Right. So I think Shattered Throne is probably the bottom there for me specifically. So um I I was I also learned I cannot count here. We have we have seven we have seven dungeons. We have seven. Mm-hmm. I I miscounted my fingers. Um for for my last place I'm going to go Pit. Um I think Pit of Heresy is just I thought it was bad when it came out. I think it's bad now. Um, it was for me after, especially after waiting almost a full year, well, more than a year, uh, it was such a step down from Shattered Throne. Um, Johnny and I have talked about Shattered Throne so many times over the course of our friendship and both agreed that for years and years and years, it was one of our favorite pieces of Destiny content ever. I think Pit's down here because it's not like particularly memorable for me. The opening section is just tedious, um, where you're learning the sword mechanic and everything. And like still to this day, everything like basically just steamroll you in there. I fucking hate that. I don't like the ogre room. Uh, I think the, the ogre puzzle is still dumb. It's still dumb to this day. Um, after oh, yeah, that, yeah. It's fine. But like the puzzle where you're like trying to find the wizards is dumb too. I, I don't know. I, I, and I, and I have the same complaint that I do about shattered throne. I think that the boss dies way too easily. Uh, and Zul, Zul a little bitch. Um, yeah, so I've, I've got Pit down there. What's uh, what's your number six? My number six. Uh, my number six is gonna be Pit of Heresy. Um, okay. and the reason I put it above Shattered Throne mm-hmm. is because I'm just a sucker for the Hive, man. I 
So I, you're the problem. Okay. <laughs> I've been eating good in these last couple of God years. We've been just getting so much hive stuff. I've been good. But uh no, I I I just I like the mechanics of Pit of Heresy more than I do the Shattered Throne. That's fair. Um because, you know, I like the you know the 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 hive symbols and like being like being in there and I just like the the lore of the pit as well and stopping that the initial ritual uh to bring back Oryx and to, and the boss was just so incredible when I first saw it um compared to Shattered Throne I think personally Pit of Heresy is going to be my my uh second to bottom yeah I've got I've got I've got Shattered Throne in at number six um for the same reasons you just gave for Pit of Heresy I'm going to give for uh, Shattered Throne I like the uh, I like the maze in the beginning. I think that's cool. I think Wishender was a really awesome quest to tie into it. You get the history of Sigurido. Uh, you get the uh, the curse of the Dreaming City. This is the end of the curse of the Dreaming City and the three week cycle, and then it repeats. Uh, Dulankaru is kind of like the first bastion into like the Sabathun storyline that we really get. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, you know, you're getting that you're getting the lore book uh, kind of concurrently with how things were happening, where she is impersonating Eris. Um, to the guardian yeah. I, I think that all that's really fascinating i think from like a lore perspective it's really cool um and i think the fact that they tied an exotic quest into it was really awesome that was kind of a hint of things to come um yeah but totally agree the, these two i think we've evolved so much since forsaken and uh shadow keep in terms of yeah. our end game content that uh yeah these two got to be at the bottom what is I what think... is your oh go ahead if you got final thoughts here i was just gonna have final thoughts on both of those yeah um I think if they're going to do anything after they've refreshed all the raids and things, those two dungeons need a little touch-up. You know, make the encounters a little harder, maybe throw, like, a couple more enemies in there, you know, change the loot so it's not just world loot. That's that's the only thing I could see making those dungeons. And I, I think that's the reason why these two have to be at the bottom, too, is they don't have any unique loot outside of... You could get the pulse from Pit of Heresy, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um... The fact that they did not have special loot in these is still, I think, really shameful. I'm not saying they need to go back and add it. I'd rather just get stuff added to new content, but it makes it to where why would I want to go back and rerun these anyways? Unless I'm trying to get, like, uh, Wish Under or Xenophage, why would I want to go back and redo these? Yeah. Um, even for, like, my weekly pinnacles, I, d- I don't care. I especially don't care now. Mm-hmm. Um, you're number five. Um, okay. Uh, I'm ready to have the entire community scream at me. Uh, I'm gonna. I am going to be picking duality for my number five. Oof! Um, oof! Ooh, that that hurts me. That hurts um, me in my heart. Oof. Okay, I'm I'm ready to hear the reasoning. Uh, duality. Uh, the cabal have never been really my favorite. Uh, my favorite. Well, you don't but, like fighting space turtles. Uh, no, especially phalanxes. They can <laughs> go away. I don't, I hate, I hate that. Anyway, uh, but about the actual gameplay of it, you know, I thought it was cool. I thought the, you know, finding Callus's memories and him talking to Keitel and then finding Keitel at the end as like a nightmare of Keitel, you know, um, I thought that was really cool. I thought the aesthetic of the dungeon going between the different worlds was pretty cool, but I didn't like the fact that that dungeon requires 100% of your attention at all times, like the mechanic of it, and the amount of timers in that dungeon really irked me. Now, I know some people say, like, you know, you can do it really quickly, but in 
the times that I have done that dungeon, there has just been a lot of, you know, sort of, there's been a lot of times where I've either not got the timer correctly, or I've gone into a room full of Cabal, my least favorite enemy to fight, and and uh, not been able to go up. So I think it's it's uh, someone some may call it a skill issue, but I call it um, not my thing. So that is uh, that is my opinion on duality. That is my spicy take. Oh god, uh, that that's so spicy. I feel like this is an episode of Hot Ones. Yeah. Um, but I will say it's about on par. Um, it's about on par with uh, the next one up, which I will talk about. So I think for me, I gotta put. I, I'm gonna put grasp here. Um, okay. This is. I don't. I don't know if this is gonna be an unpopular take. I like grasp for how silly it is. Um, I think that the pirate theme was just completely out of left field here, um, especially when they did a pirate season a couple of seasons later. But, um, I understand that this is, oh, this is the, this is the dungeon in the fabled loot cave. This is very clearly something that like, doesn't really have a huge prominence in the story because mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's meant to be kind of goofy and a celebration of destiny as a whole. Yeah. Um, I like that. I don't like the Gallarhorn is tied to this. I actually really hate that. I think it, obviously it's a way to give everybody Gallarhorn. Um, yes. It just, it dashed uh, my, it, and this is partially my own fault, this dashed my hopes of ever getting the amazing mission where we craft Gallarhorn with Lord Saladin yeah, and I, Rise I was, of Ironback. Uh, I was gonna say, like, that should have been the quest, not talk to Shorhan and then do the dungeon and then talk to Shorhan again. Yeah, that, that really upset me. I think that was yeah. so cool. Like, we, we had the little, we had a little standoff in Bannerfall, and then uh, you go and do, like, this, like, stealth mission, basically, going through, uh, going through the Cosmodrome for an admittedly, like, kind of challenging fight. And then mm -hmm. you get unlimited Gallarhorn to fight off an army of walkers. It was incredible. I long to do that again. Uh, I don't like the loot in this dungeon. Uh, I could give a shit about yeah. AS Luna. Fair. Um, Matador 64, okay. I couldn't even tell you what the third gun is. I don't even remember anymore. Um, I, nor do I really care. Um, I think that the, the, the Thorn armor is cool. I enjoy the Thorn armor. I think it's really cool. But that's about it. I think that this this dungeon is just kind of tedious. Um, doing the jumping sections, getting up to... Just getting up to the first real encounter is a pain. Um, not in, like, a bad way. I've de we've definitely done worse jumping puzzles. Um, the mechanic isn't exactly fun. Um, what kills it for me is you have the Sparrow race, and then immediately after the Sparrow race... You have a section that there's no way to make it go faster. The whole mm -hmm. area where you're deactivating the shield is just a gigantic pain. I fucking hate this thing. Oh yeah. No, I get it. I it's it's it. it's a long encounter. God forbid um, that you do something wrong, then you have then you're extending your own time on this. It's it's awful. It's awful. I don't enjoy it. I don't have fun. The boss I will say I like the boss fight. I actually think the boss fight is looks stupid fun if you get swords and just beat the shit out of him. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I, I I gotta I gotta put grasp here. Mm -hmm. What's your uh what's your number four? My number four? Uh my number four is uh this is where I put grasp. And okay. it is more of duality and grasp on the same level for me. It's it's less of a one of them is worse than the other, but it's more of these are two dungeons that just didn't gel with me specifically and um and had like this um and had like 
the mechanics weren't as fun or as rewarding as the uh, as the dungeons higher on this list. I agree. Um, personally, uh, grasp was very. It, it like you said, it was very. It's it's very goofy inherently. Um, you know, you're going into the loot cave. You're following the story of a guardian who went mad because he had too much loot, um, or that he wanted to hoard as much loot as possible. And like you're you're taking down a, f a fallen pirate captain at the end, and then like grabbing the loot from it. But um, I did like the 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 return of some of the D1 weapons because um, Thousand Yard Stare is uh, it is my baby. I love that that sniper, um, and. Uh, that's the gun I was forgetting about. Yeah, Thousand Yard Stare, yeah. Um, and the armor sets, they're pretty good. Yeah, the Thorn theme is amazing. Um, and yeah, th those, <laughs> like, the boss encounter and, um, and I think the boss encounter is my favorite part of that. Mm -hmm. The Sparrow race was very impromptu and, and very fun the first few times you did it, and then it kind of just becomes... After it's a tedious. while, this it's yeah, tedious. this sort of tedious thing. Um, I think the reason the reason why I put uh, I I put it here uh, and not lower down is because of I think it was it's an incredibly fun dungeon the first three or four times you do it, and then you get into it more and it just becomes this sort of tedious. It's still uh, the best artifice thing. armor farm we've ever had. Um, that doing is true. That, that is true. The witch queen was just amazing. I mm. farmed a whole set, and I've never felt the need to go back to more. Um, especially yeah. now with it not having uh, elemental affinities, I just don't feel the need to go back. Yeah, I would say for me, my number four is uh, I'm going to do the inverse of you again. I'm going to put duality here. Um, okay. Duality, I feel like almost should be where I put grasp. And to be clear, I actually really love duality. I pro genuinely. I would probably have it in my number three slot. It's definitely not going higher than number mm -hmm. three. I would have it at number three, but the bugs. This this dungeon was buggy as hell yeah. when it first came out. It's still broken a year later. The phalanx we we joked about the phalanxes already when you ranked it. Uh, the phalanxes mm -hmm. are awful. The mechanic that takes you between the realities I think is awesome, but it's so yeah. buggy that it'll just randomly kill you. I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy any of that. That's that's not fun to me. The bells are so finicky. Uh, yeah. They can be activated by just like something happening to an enemy near you. Scion snipers as well. The scion, yeah, scion snipers yeah. are terrible no matter what difficulty you're doing it on. Um, I love the story of duality. Is my problem. I I like to I like the story of it and I love the loot, mm -hmm. uh, which is why I would make the push to put it at three. But I just I can't in good conscience do it when it's still that broken. It's really, really hard for me to put it up there. Um, yeah, I also think Heart's Shadow is an awesome exotic that really doesn't do a lot. Mm, they, they, they need to, you know, tweak that exotic. I think, and then it I would agree. be a lot better than it is um, now. But it's such it, it's a really good looking exotic, and I agree for the exotic alone. Duality does have that as a as so. A let, merit. Let's move on to the top three. I have a very strong feeling that we have the exact same order on our top three but uh what okay. do you got what do you got at number three we might not uh number three for me is spire of the watcher okay i've got it at number three for me as well yeah uh number three for me is spire of the watcher it is it's a great dungeon it's not the best dungeon um it's 
it's quite linear and it, it takes a little it takes a little you know you can go through a lot of it quick but then it slows down um i think the mechanic with the arctrician is quite fun i i think that 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 um that's a good it it's it adds an extra layer of difficulty to certain things mm-hmm. like the boss where you know you're in that room with the supplicants on the boss um and the two the two giant uh hyd- hydras and um or is it the hydras or yeah the hydras yeah, and exactly. uh, you have to you have to you know in in a certain amount of time get the right um get the right uh shoot the right things with your arctrician buff um, I think the Arctrician makes it more fun. The loot is some of the best looking loot, I think. It's some of the best looking, but I can't tell you the last time I broke out a gun from this dungeon. Yeah, I think the only gun I've I've actually I think I've kept from this dungeon is uh the LMG, specifically because it rolled with target lock and I just kept it. Interesting. I uh, I've kept the uh, I've kept the scout and the sidearm. Yeah. Uh, the armor set, incredible. Cowboy hats, you know, everyone wants a cowboy hat. As um, a hunter, I was a little underwhelmed, but uh, I get it. Yes, uh, I've heard you sing the God. sing sing from the the sing from the rooftops about how you uh you wish it wasn't part of the uh, cloak. Yeah, I better. I don't know God, why they didn't do that. What an absolute catastrophe. Um, um, well, I guess I'll I'll go ahead since we have the same number three. I'll say my number two first. I have prophecy mm-hmm. at number two. Yep, yep. We've got the same top three. <laughs> uh, I had a feeling. I had a feeling we were going to. Um, man, uh, I don't know if I've ever been as slack jawed in something with Destiny as I was when I walked into the cube room and saw yeah. how it was going to move. I thought that was really cool. And then I was topped five minutes later when I got into the part where you pull out your sparrow. Yeah, that, that is was some of the wildest, wackiest shit. I never dreamed I would see something like that in Destiny. Mm-hmm. And here we were with it. It is one of the coolest things that they've ever done. I think Prophecy already had a rewarding loophole. Part of it's the fact that you can get two armor sets out of it, right? Yeah. The two armor sets were awesome. I think that you had a good weapon suite. And then they refreshed the weapon suite because that's where you got the Icolos yeah. weapons back the first time. Yeah, it was um, the Oculus, and then it was like a few of the Escalation Protocol. Yeah, um, yeah, you got the a, other Escalation Protocol weapons. You yeah. got a lot of that stuff, and then they refreshed the loot pool a year later, which they've never gone back and done to another dungeon. And they brought the Trials of the Nine weapons in, giving you another reason to go run it. Mm-hmm. Um, more than that, I can't tell you what the fucking story of this dungeon is to save my life. I've tried, I've tried for years to figure it out. It's the nine are testing you or yeah. some bullshit. It's it's advertises learn the secrets of the nine. I didn't learn shit. Yeah. I didn't learn shit from this dungeon. But it's so cool mechanically that I don't care. Duncan modes, sure, I'll do them. I don't care. This is such a fun dungeon. No, yeah, the physics are a little broken, but it's still so fun that I can't help but love this dungeon. This is yeah. for years has been my go to example of making a creative encounter in destiny that feels unique that feels like it's not tied to any one thing that anyone can go in and experience as a dungeon Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it's ah, it's got that thing of the nine as well this sort of like mysterious aesthetic you know the nine have been sort of planned since the beginning of destiny i mean like i think it was for the destiny announcement i think i think it was luke smith walked on stage wearing a hoodie with the nine symbols on it you know like 
it, the nine have been you know secretly behind a lot of stuff in destiny yeah. and fi finally having an activity other than you know trials of the nine to jump it and the reckoning was it um yeah to jump in and uh really explore the nine as a concept and what the what the architecture of the nine is it's just uh it was incredible yeah i think that, that was really cool that was a sign of things to come because this was we got arrivals released this so the week that this came out in fact i think it was the day it came out you got arrivals then we got the prophecy dungeon but we also got the announcement of uh we not only heard about beyond light we got the witch queen and lightfall both announced at the same time yeah which is just wild to think about like because this was when we were we were all locked down uh covid was going strong in fact Corey and i literally started the show off the back of these announcements um mm. so that that'll always be like a crazy week in like early june that happened um it was a little bit later than we would normally get the expansion announcement and it shift it showed a shift uh in the tone of how they were going to do a lot of things for the franchise and I, I think prophecy was a harbinger of what's to come like it was so well received that we got I mean, weirder and weirder shit until we get to our number one choice for both of us goes to the deep yes goes to the deep i don't know incredible. what we incredible i don't know what we can possibly say that we haven't said already like there there will be complaints it will be debated if this can be the top dungeon with how tedious the underwater sections can be but i think that the two real encounters in this uh in this dungeon really come in at the 11th hour to save it um are so they stressful yes are they memorable absolutely mm -hmm. i think it also takes like you know you, you think of you think of the concept of like a dungeon in an in a you know like a like an MMO, mm -hmm. and it's this you know you dive into a to a to a big place you you go in there you get great loot you fight you fight bosses then you get out and it's great. I think that both literally and not this feels like quintessential dungeon. You know yes. you're diving in literally into into this big open space that we just we've not seen before really because we never really explored the arcology then we get to the we get through the encounters you know we fight these great bosses that are you know we've seen them in the past in the lore and in like in game we get great loot from it and then we at the end we fight a boss who's trying to bring back oryx and i think that that in, that makes it such an incredible uh, experience all together i think it tells the most complete story of a dungeon too um yeah most of the dungeons feel very supplementary um mm -hmm. like shattered throne is very supplementary it's kind of the end to like the dreaming city storyline that we had in forsaken um because after that's when you realize you're in a time loop um pit of heresy just kind of stands on its own you go back in to do some xenophage stuff but you know largely kind of left on its own prophecy whatever the fuck is happening there in grasp of avarice okay Duality yeah. is where I think we saw a, sh a little bit of a shift towards. We're going to tie these into the seasonal storylines, and mm -hmm. these can these can stand on their own without the other stuff, and kind of give you an insight as to what was happening that season. So, like with duality, it's going into Callus's mind, and they make that very clear. Yeah, with Spire, it's you're trying to prove Osiris's visions that he's having after having been possessed by Savathu, and Ikora still doesn't trust him. This and that. This is where he. This kind of sets us on the path yeah. of the Neptune with this dungeon. This one, I think we're going to look back the same way eventually and go, wow, that still had a lot of the mechanic. This had a lot of the mechanics of the season with the underwater sections, with the bubbles, this and that. But 
this kind of also is the next step of the story of the three sisters. And I'm very, very interested to see how this plays out the rest of the season, how this impacts it, because we're still so early in this. I think that's that's the only thing I have on the knock. The only knock I really have on the Dungeons of Destiny is I wish, 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 wish they did not drop the dungeons the first week of the season anymore, because I think that would blow your storytelling possibilities wide open. I would yeah. love for a dungeon to be the conclusion of a storyline of the season. I was going to say, like, instead of having that, like, you know, last week mission, they've started doing drop the dungeon then, because then, you know, everyone delves in. Not, not last week, but, you know, like, yeah. last few weeks, start the dungeon there, everyone delves in. I think it would be really cool if, like, even story. that was, like, the thing that you get off of, like, the last of the uh, the seasonal quests. But I understand, like, why I wouldn't have. They want everybody to experience the bulk of the story. Because even if yeah. you don't do the dungeon, like, that stuff is still explained in, like, other areas, in other texts, and other conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens in them. So, I'm curious to see how they address this, because they this is a pretty big swing to take three days into a season. Oh, uh, Savathun's brood is trying to resurrect Oryx while Savathun is dead, and we're hearing Zevorath literally crying over it and cursing our mm-hmm. very existence. Um, I think it, it it makes you more. I think it makes well, it makes certainly makes me more excited to see where we go with Zevorath in the seasonal story. For sure, you know, for sure, and uh, of course, you know, we're gonna be we're gonna be covering that here uh, weekly as it unfolds. We're gonna be reading some more lore. I'm gonna be doing a lot of dungeon lore reading here over the next couple weeks so that i can uh fully map out how we're going to do that and season that a deep lore at the same time we went from having lore that really couldn't be like easily talked about in the context of like 10 minutes to oh my god there's so much now um mm. but that's gonna do it for us here talking about ghosts of the deep we've gone for an hour and a half uh, a lot longer than i thought we were gonna go uh sammy i want to thank you for your time thank you for joining us no problem um, always. as always you can find uh find us hanging out in the discord um lots of great stuff going on there and uh man best of luck on soloing this dungeon i will try my damn best you know (laughs) (laughs) oh god i just i can't even i can't even think about that so from uh i'm I'm gonna get us on out of here from me from Corey, from sammy thank you for joining us and we will see you star side bye